0: Morning, everybody. Look, I'm, it's getting better. Like I really can see now over this. Um, so um, this morning we're going to go over the story of Elijah, and there is just so much um, to know about him. And to be honest with you, I was just as I was studying for this, um, it actually started because I had been reading between Elijah and Elisha. Um, and I was telling my brother, like, he's just, Elijah's such a, he he's just so admirable, and um, I was like, you know, I, I pray for, to have the spirit of Elijah in me, and he's so fearless, and you'll come to know all the different things about him, but one of the things that um, me and my brother were talking about is that he's like, well, you know that he had a moment, right, that he He failed, and um, I was like, what? So I had to do some more research, and as I was reading this, I was really thinking about how, like, our lives, like, we have ups and we have downs just in everyday things that we're doing, and one of the things that, about his life is it's exactly the same as ours. He's an ordinary person that was able to do extraordinary things, but he had, he had flaws, too. And so today we're gonna to start off with the things that he did in God, and um, and then next week we'll talk about some of the things he struggled with. And so it's just if you have not had the opportunity to read it on y'all's own, I mean, it's almost like reading the Bible. If you don't read it, I'm just telling you, it is like a novella. <laughs> you like you read it and you're like, he, "Who said what?" You know, sometimes it'll really surprise you, and it's just so interesting. And, um, so we're going to dive right in, but, um, one of the things before we do, I do want to, even though I know he prayed us in, I'm going to pray, um, again, uh, for us. So if you'll bow your heads as we pray, um, dear heavenly father, God, um, I just pray for every person, um, that is here, God, that they will, their ears will be open to you, God, that their spirits will be open to you, God, and that they will receive everything that you want and need from them God that whatever they came with that they will not leave the same God that they will be filled with your Holy Spirit and that it will take over this place God and I just pray God that you stand up while I sit down God and just move in this place today in Jesus name Amen funny story the last time I was up here I forgot to pray us in so I felt like my brother did that just in case like you know so um, we're going to start off with, I'm going to start off with the background real quick because to me, I don't know about y'all, but whenever you have a story, like I need to know everything that's happening to understand the full concept of everything. And so right now it's, um, we'll be reading in Kings. And so what's happened in this background right now is in the story of Elijah right now, um, before Elijah even came on the scene, there's there's been many Kings up until this point. There's... They said something about 40 kings before uh, King Ahab, who we'll be talking about. So it's like almost like our generation. As, as things go on, things get worse and worse. And it was the same thing for the king. And in fact, this king was by far the worst king, they said. He was the king of Israel. He ruled out of um, Samaria. Um, and he actually married um, Jezebel, which they worshipped the god of Bala. And, and because he's the king of Israel, he's causing all the Israelites to be more sinful and definitely not follow God and trying to get them to worship the God that he's worshiping. And so as we read about him, um, about Elijah, you, you have to understand that the concept behind this is God is super angry at this moment because here is this king over his people and is bringing them more to sin. And so we start off with Elijah being on the scene right now. And so we're going to read in Kings 17, 1 through 6. If you have your Bibles, get them out. If not, it'll be right here. And it says, And this happened to Elijah, the Tishbite, among the settlers of Gilead, confronted Ahab. As surely as God lives, the God of Israel before whom I stand in obedient service, The next year you're going to see a total drought, not a drop of dew or rain, unless I say otherwise. God then told Elijah, get out of here and fast, head east and hide in Corinth Ravine on the other side of the Jordan River. You can drink from the fresh water of the brook, and I have ordered ravens to feed you. Elijah obeyed God's orders, and he went and camped in in Corinth Canyon on the other side of the Jordan, and sure enough raven brought him both breakfast supper and he drank from the brook so i'm there's a lot right here just in this little context but what's happening is god has put this in his heart like go to the king right go to the king and tell him there's about to be a drought until elijah says otherwise and if if when we were talking you know about how bad he was like I'm sure he killed people he did the most you know malicious things that he could possibly do and here's Elijah going to confront him and be like there's not going to be no rain until I say so so you have to one of the things about Elijah is you have to know that he had to have had it doesn't say but you have you know that his prayer life and his connection with God was strong because I don't know about you but I don't know if I'd want to go to a king and be like yeah, there's not going to be no rain until I say, you know, like, no, that he had to, and he did it with no fear. So you have to know that he had a good relationship with God. Um, the second thing is that God told him to get out of here, which is going to run into next week of something that we'll, we'll talk on, but God told him to get out of here and to go hide. And the purpose behind all that was because i mean he just told the king and he knows the king is gonna he knows the king's heart right and so he tells the he tells him to go hide and he's gonna have ravens feed him like breakfast and dinner can you imagine like just go hide and chill and i'm gonna feed you take care of you there's gonna be breakfast and dinner for you because his obedience to god and so it is so uh just interesting to know that also if if you don't know in and uh, at the beginning in genesis they talk about i don't know if it's genesis or exodus but they talk about the ravens and how they're actually an unclean animal and so a lot of times we have people in our lives that um maybe they're not following god but even the ravens have to are commanded by God to listen and so sometimes you know if you ever have one of those moments that somebody blesses you that is not even following God because God when he commands things to take place they do even the ravens have to obey him and so um, I thought that was just very very powerful and so we read on it, what eventually happens right he's he's it, he's there for several it doesn't say exactly how long But he's there for a while, and eventually the brook dries up because, again, there's a drought. So he's used all the water. So God comes to him again and talks to him and tells him, like, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to this town called Zephra, and there is a a widow there that she is going to take you in and feed you. He doesn't know who this person is, what she looks like, nothing. But he does as God says again, because Elijah is very obedient. So he goes, and as soon as he gets to the town of Zephra, um, it says that he sees this lady and asks her for a drink of water. And as she goes to getting ready to get the water, he tells her, "Hey, while you're at it, can you bring me some food?" And she tells him, "Well, she's a widow, and that um, she only has enough um, for pretty much her last meal for her and her son." And after this meal, they're going to die um, because, again, they, they don't have much. I think she said, it says they have a cup of flour and a cup of oil. So he tells her, make a, make a biscuit for me, and then after that, y'all eat. And so this actually takes place. She goes ahead and does what he says. She's obedient. Um, and one of the things that when God came to uh, Elijah and told him to go to this widow, he says, I've instructed this widow to, to, uh, to feed you. So that means there's another person who's being obedient to God. So then it goes on. Um, and as time is going on, surely exactly what Elijah said, he tells her, if you feed me that you're never going to run out of flour, you're never going to run out of oil until the drought is over. And surely it happens. So now we, what happens is her son, again, it's just her and her son, and Elijah's staying there with them. Her son gets sick, and he stops breathing, and he dies. And this is where we're going to pick up now. And it's going to be in uh, chapter 17, 18 uh, through 20. So the woman said to Elijah, why did you ever show up here in the first place? A holy man bargaining in and exposing my sin and killing my son. Elijah said, hand me your son. He then took him from her bosom, carried him up to the loft where he was staying and laid him on the bed. Then he prayed, "O oh God, my God, why have you brought this terrible thing on this widow who has opened up her home to me? Why have you killed her son? Three times he stretched out himself fully length on the boy and praying all the might, all his might, God, my God, put breath back into this boy's body. God listened to Elijah and put breath back into the boy's body and he was alive. So I feel like I, I can see like being that widow at some point, like. You know, whenever you're doing things and you're trying to be obedient and things don't go the way you want, right? And she's questioning, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And even Elijah's not understanding at this point. He's like, starts praying with all his might to God, like, why? Why are you doing this to me? This doesn't make any sense. Like, she has opened up her home. She's doing what you asked. Like, why would you take her son? She, do- she already doesn't have her husband. And you have to know, too, that if he's living there, obviously he's now, he's actually become accustomed to, you know, like he's gotten attached probably to the, maybe the kid and her as far as, you know, just being in their presence, so, you know, it's not now it's family that he's, he he probably really does feel for her, you know, and so it, it made me think back even on in my life how many times I I question God, like, why are you doing this and why? But the the takeaway from this part is like, he prayed with all his might and God put breath back into him. Elijah was just an ordinary person that did ordinary. I mean, he, all he did was pray. I think about our daily lives, like how many times, you know, as a church, we, we, we really do pray for everything and we we really believe that prayer is powerful and this just goes to show like he brought a person back to life because he prayed he wasn't you know had any kind of special thing about him he was just obedient and he was he truly believed and prayed with everything with all his heart how many times if we truly gave everything to God and prayed and believed that he was going to do something for us that he would move. I think about all these people, everybody that's in here, how many gifts that God has given us, and we we don't even know because we don't pray with all our might. You know, we thank you, Lord, for this food. Jesus' name, amen. You know, know, we we pray, but we don't pray with everything in us, whether it's for something small or something big. But when we pray, and if we pray with all our might like Elijah did, I, I can't imagine the things that we could do not only as a church, but as individuals, not only for our families, but for our community. And I mean, we could be world changers. It only takes, I mean, Elijah was already going to start impacting th- different things. And he was just so powerful because of his prayer life and because his obedience to God. And so that is that is something that we all need to look at. We need to be completely sold out to God and give him everything because when we do, i can't imagine like standing up here and hearing somebody's testimony like you're not going to believe what happened i prayed about something and it it took place um i wasn't going to share the story but i'm going to share it because it just came to my heart but me and my daughter at a laundry mat right one time and she's cracking up because i i literally pray about everything there's like this little bug right there's this little bug on the table it's kind of like a little broken leg or a broken wing or something and I'm so, sad. she's like, just take him out of his misery. Just kill him already. And I'm like, no, you know, like, this poor thing, he's God's creature. And I, like, take him in my hand and I'm praying, literally praying for this little, this little bug. And I'm like, God, I pray that you, you know, that you just touch his little body, you know. And and not even, like, I was being sincere, like, not trying to be extreme or anything like that. And so, just being sincere, really. And before you know all of a sudden, he just flew away and I was like, look what I did. Thank you, Jesus. He he healed his little body. And she's like, you're ridiculous. Like, (laughs) but I mean, just thinking about even our daily lives, how many times if we were obedient and prayed with like that for anything that we really wanted God to move, how powerful it would be. And so, um, as we read on about Elijah, um, and how, once she gives the boy back to, to him, Um, she even tells him, um, the woman says to him, now I see it. You are a holy man. And when you speak, God speaks true word. And she believes more in God, not because of, because of what happened, but because she knew how God moved in Elijah and how God was able to, because his prayer, not because of Elijah, but because of God was able to do these things. And so that's, that's pretty powerful. And so now it says a long time. We're going to read on into, oh, there we are, 18. It says, a long time has passed. And then God's word came to Elijah. The drought is now in its third year. And um, the message, go and present yourself to Ahab. I'm about to make it rain on the country. Elijah set out to present himself to Ahab. And the drought in Samaria at the time was the most severe. So he was in front of Ahab um, whenever he told him. Now God's telling him, go back and tell him the drought. Like he has been in hiding all this time because God told him, get out of here and get out of here fast. And now he's telling him, go back in front of him and telling him the rain's coming. So you have to know, like, again, he has to be somewhat like, oh, here I go, you know, and worried. But at the same time. He's obedient, even in everything he feels, he's obedient to God. And so this is the part, right, where it's like almost like a novella. So God spoke to Elijah and now in the background, at the same time, Ahab and Obadiah, which is one of he is the one in charge of the palace. So he's kind of probably like the right hand man to the king or something like that. And it is so uh, one of the things you read about Abadiah is he is a God-fearing man. Ahab, the king, did not know. And so he they're having this conversation amongst each other, and they're talking about how um, he's like, you know, we have, to, we have to go find water. We have to find grass because our horses are about to die and our animals and stuff. So they, he, Ahab tells Obadiah, you go one way, I'm going to go another way. And Obadiah, during this time when the drought has happened, they because they are trying to find Elijah, they sit, they're trying to kill all the prophets. So Obadiah, being a God-fearing person and loving, knowing, he goes and actually hides a um, hundred prophets, fifty in each cave. And during this time, he's feeding them and giving them water. And so he's—you have to know that even though he works for the palace, he works for an evil person. That's not, you know, he still fears God and he still loves God. And so it's very interesting to know, like, how many times in our lives have we had an Ahab, right? We have somebody that maybe we worked for or somebody that is in our lives, a family member, and they're just, you know, you get around them and, you know, you, you don't feel like you can completely give yourself to God. But at the same time, you're still sold out for God, even in the midst of everything, right? And so they set out. Ahab goes one way, Abadiah goes another way. So what ends up happening, right, is Abadiah r- runs into Elijah because Elijah's on his way to f- talk to Ahab. And he is like, oh my gosh, where have you been? He, um, Elijah tells him, hey, uh, let um, Ahab know. I need to speak to him today. I'm going to talk to him. And he's like, we couldn't find you. We've looked everywhere. They have ser- searched all the areas. They've had kings um, confirm that they can't find you anywhere. And you expect me to go back and tell him I've seen you? And he's, he, at this point, he's scared because he's like, he'll kill me. He will kill me because he's going to feel like I knew where you were all this time. And what if God takes you somewhere else? Because that's what would happen, right? Elijah would get moved because God would tell him to move somewhere else. So he's having this discussion with Elijah and Elijah's like, no, I'm going to talk to him today. I promise you, I'm going to work everything out. So as we read on now to um, 18 and it's going to be 16, it says, the moment Ahab saw Elijah, he said, so you're the old troublemaker. It is not I who caused the trouble in Israel, said Elijah, but you. You and your government, you have dumped God's ways and command and ran after local gods, the Baalas. So, right here, like, I I think about how many times when we are living in our own sin, we can't see what we're doing, right? We're so quick to blame everybody else like it's your fault that this happened or it's your fault that things aren't going the way it's supposed to be but we forget like a lot of times sometimes things do happen to us that are beyond god's control but there's sometimes that we put ourselves in this situations and consequences that we shouldn't and then we want to blame somebody else and be like it's your fault like why didn't you you know why didn't you get me out of this or why didn't you do something when we're, you know, we're grown and we have the ability to make our own choices. And he was so, Ahab was so lost in his sin. He was like, oh, it's because of you, Elijah, that all this is happening. He's accusing him of being a troublemaker, thinking that Elijah is just trying to, you know, ruin their lives. And he doesn't even understand that it was because of their ways. And Elijah's trying to make sense, but it's hard to make sense to somebody when they're not, they're not in God. And Elijah's telling him as very bluntly as he can, you know, he, he tells him it is not I who caused the trouble in Israel. He's like, but you and your government, you've done God's ways. you just, you know, you're doing whatever you want and you're running after local gods. Like we run after things you know, off of money. We run off after, you know, all kinds of other things that are not of God. And then when we're in trouble god what is we 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 think it's somebody else's fault and you know i'm i'm just as guilty of that that you know whenever you are stuck in your sin and you do feel like because this person hurt me i decided to make these choices when nobody told you to make these choices and you know that's something that's really hard it's really hard to kind of take in when you realize that a lot of times The things that we're dealing with is sometimes stuff that we put ourselves in and so this is kind of where we we lead off right but the drought is still happening and so we'll pick back up next week where everything comes together but the the big takeaway on all this is one elijah was so obedient to god and his prayer life was so on point, you know, he prayed so much and he prayed with all his heart. He didn't pray just to the roof. Like, you know, do, you know, he really prayed for everything and he would listened. He listened. It's hard to listen to God. Sometimes, sometimes we're so busy talking that we're not listening to what God tells us. But if we were to just listen, just sit still and just be obedient to God, I think where your life could take you where God could could take you because of the fact that you're so obedient but the thing is is that sometimes we fall like the rain like there's droughts because of our own sins because of our own things that we struggle with and we put ourselves in these droughts and we feel like God when are these gonna come out when is when is it gonna happen when am I gonna get a breakthrough but maybe it's because of the things that we're doing. Are we following different gods? Are we not following God's commands? Are we not being obedient? And if we're not, you know, every day is a brand new day and we get a new start. God gives us another day to start all over again and say, you know what? I know that you've done all these things, but let's move forward. Let's move forward from this moment and let's really, you know, focus in on what he has for us because we never know where God is gonna take you what he has for you, your purpose, if you walked into your purpose and did exactly what God commanded you, this, I mean, I think about just in this church, I mean, we could make a huge difference in our family's lives, our friends' lives, our everybody, our community. And so our takeaway from this today is I want y'all to sit and think because when we come back next week and talk about The drought and what happens in uh, Elijah's life um, I want y'all to kind of just sit and think Um, so our challenge for today is going to be spend time with God this week and reflect what is causing droughts in your life is it something that you're doing repeatedly is it something you're not going to God for is it a god maybe you're worshiping like maybe you're so focused on your work you're so focused on trying to make money that you're not spending time with god is it stuff you know you're putting other things in front of in front of him whatever it, it looks like whatever it is that we're struggling and we're not putting him first it's causing droughts because even if you were in a drought even like elijah being in that drought when we go through things that we can't control He, the ravens were feeding him, the ravens that God's going to send blessing to us when there are things out of our control and we're being obedient. He is not going to let us fall on our face. He's not, he's going to send people. He's going to send things. He's going to give us blessings. Things are going to happen because of our obedience to God. If we handled our situations and prayed mightily. But if we handle it like Ahab and start blaming everybody else for the things, I mean, we're not going to get anywhere and our drought is going to be even worse to where we're not going to be able to eat. We're not going to be able to drink because we have put ourselves in these situations. And so as you reflect, you know, in the mornings for me, it's my reflection time before I start my day, before my kids, before life just starts, you know, spend each day today thinking, you know, every day this week. What is it that is I've been struggling with? What is it that I'm not putting first in God? Like I'm, I'm choosing, you know, social media. I'm choosing other things. It could be people. It could be choosing work, whatever it is. Oh, I don't have time to, to pray. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to spend with you, God, because I got to get to work. Like how much more would our lives be if we just let go and give everything to him first? then we would be surprised at the things that he would do like he did for Elijah. He allowed, he used him to bring somebody back to life. He used him to, um, to bless that widow because she was obedient and we want to be like Elijah. So as we reflect on that, as we go into worship, um, just really sit and whatever prayer looks like for you whatever worship looks like for you if it's moving around if it's you know jumping up and down if it's just sitting in solid prayer coming to the altar you know there's nothing wrong with praying or worshiping God the way you need to so as we get time to go into that just give everything to him everything that you're struggling with he wants to talk to you about it just give it to him and I I promise you you will be amazed It, it will never be the same again thank y'all we're gonna close you on prayer before we start um god i just thank you lord for this time and this opportunity god and i just pray as we go into worship lord that you just let us to let go of the things um, that we put in front of you god and that we will allow you to lead us in the way that you have um that you want to lead us god that we will give you everything god and that we will just let go god and give it all to you lord